Hey everybody, it's Dean with the Two Party Podcast. I just wanted to let you know when we started doing our show, uh, we, we started with a platform called Anchor. Now, Anchor will let you uh, edit and, and upload your, your podcast onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money because they distribute uh, and they all offer sponsorship. Uh, so it's a great platform to start with, and it's a great platform to use because it's just an all in one, everything, every tool you need to get started in the industry. Uh, so if you want to check it out, uh, again, it's Anchor. You guys have a great day. Dean with Two Party Podcast out. Recording now. Um, so this is Dean with the Two Party Podcast. Um, we're here with Hannah and Bethany. Uh, is it Keem or Kami? How do you pronounce it? Kime. Kime. I was totally wrong. Um, so I'm, I just wanted to introduce them. Uh, they've got a great story to tell, guys. Um, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and I'm going to go ahead and let them start telling their story. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, so we are sisters. Um, we're college age, so we're both full-time students in college. Um, I'm Hannah, um, so this is my voice. Um, I'm Bethany, so you know my voice. <laughs> okay. And we are the women behind Heart Charge. Um, we're mainly based um, in Instagram as an account that's growing. We just hit a thousand followers and we started January this year. Awesome. And yeah, our goal really, um, which has been ever since we've been diagnosed, which has been seven years, um, we both have the same condition because it's genetic. It's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which we'll get a bit more into like what that is and what that for means sure. for us. Um, but our main goal has been to build a community, to have patient-to-patient -patient, um, connection, um, and as well as to advocate for heart screenings because our lives were saved by heart screening. So that's really our main goal is to have that mandatory for all people um, because the deaths that happen um, with undiagnosed heart conditions are preventable through heart screening. So that's, And I think that's very, really important to mention that um, uh, as we discussed before we started recording, um, you know, I've had some heart issues in the past with my, both my valves. Um, and, and one of the things my doctor had originally told me is while, while I was born with this condition and while it was kind of a genetic situation, uh, my lifestyle was not helping it. And um, so what you just said, it being preventable is what a lot of people I don't think understand is there that a lot of the things you may be born with, it, it's not a, the end of the world. It's something that with a change in lifestyle or diet, um, certain things you can do to prevent and, and screening for sure. I mean, I had to go when I, when I was first diagnosed, I had to go every three months. Uh, I had to have a follow-up visit to check my heart because my valves were failing. Yeah, so preventative is important. No, it's so true. And exactly what you said, like with the whole lifestyle um, part of it, like a huge thing for us though, like there's no cure to our condition the big thing they push is like stay hydrated stay hydrated drink a lot of right. water that's going to help so there is those things that come with like these conditions we're speaking born of which <laughs> we get it we're all about that mm -hmm. it's like, stay hydrated because it helps it makes such a difference it does it does so when did when were you first diagnosed and and how did how did it all come about tell me tell me that story so we were both got diagnosed about seven years ago in September, actually. So we just kind of celebrated seven years of being, from being diagnosed. It all started when our aunt, my mom's sister, went to a checkup and she's had a valve replacement 
as well. And she went to the appointment and they kind of said, oh, well, um, that makes sense because of your condition. And she was like, oh, what condition is that? I, I haven't heard of it. And they explained, well, you have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So then from there, she did some research from being diagnosed because this was very new to her. And then she found out that it was a genetic condition. So she immediately called my mom and was like, you need to have the children checked because this is something genetic. We don't know who could have it. So it's very hard to get an appointment with the pediatric cardiologist. Yes. And so my mom called and from that, like after talking to my aunt, she got an appointment about six months later, which is kind of scary because yeah. hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is the heart condition which takes most of our young athletes. So if you ever hear a story of like, an athlete dropping dead on the field. Or so when, they, when you put a high strain on the heart is usually when it gets, it, it's the worst effect. Exactly. And we are, we're both dancers. Hannah was playing on basketball. So you're both athletic. Yeah, exactly. So my mom gets an appointment like six months later from that phone call from my aunt. And my mom had a prompting to take Hannah first. So Hannah goes in and they find out that Hannah has hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and immediately like her world has changed. And then my mom's like, well, I have eight other kids. I need to like all the ones that are down here, like living. She was like, we need to get them checked. And they're like, we have in a couple months. And my mom is like, no, 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 no. We need an appointment now because if she has it, who else could have it? Like, right. So then she does what moms do best. And she's like, advocates. She's like, I need that appointment. So she gets us our appointment. And I had just decided that I was going to dance full time with Miami City Ballet in their pre-professional program and I was going to leave high school to like follow my dreams and do it all online and then I get diagnosed as well with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So that's how we both got kind of the diagnosis story. Yeah and even our mom like through us getting diagnosed found out that she had it too. Like she went her whole life. So it's well. through, throughout your genetically it's throughout your family. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have a brother. So there it goes in our family, like six boys and then me, Hannah, and we have a younger sister. Okay. And the brother right before me has the gene of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, but he doesn't express it. Okay. So, yeah. so, so mainly it's looking like maybe for the most part, it kind of, even though he has the gene, it mainly is falling on the women's side of the family genetically. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We yeah. think it's something. Yeah, but our little sister. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of odd. I mean, because with a lot of different things you hear genetically, it's, it's it's usually like it'll skip a generation, or there's different things with each thing genetically. But with this, it's, it's kind of odd that it's just sticking to one side of the of the genetics fa of family. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then our younger sister doesn't have it, but then us two both have the condition, but we express the condition very differently as well too which is like interesting too and our aunt expresses it different than our mom and so it's just crazy that this condition how like it's just a little bit different in all of us but it's the same genetic mutation that's in us is it is it something that you know or feel i mean does it cause issues where you actually have like events where you have to stop or you you really catch yourself i mean is there what what is the kind of the red flags of it so with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, actually the thing is, is that it goes undiagnosed because it's usually asymptomatic. So there's no symptoms behind it. So the breakdown of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is that your left ventricle wall is thicker so that when your heart is like beating so fast, like during physical activity, especially, 
it makes it very hard for the blood to get into the heart. So then your heart is just beating rapidly. Without and it's just like circulating. Out. There's no, exactly, without circulating blood. So usually there, it usually goes like, we had no symptoms really, but the symptoms that they say that they look for is like passing out, um, like lightheadedness, dizziness, right. but usually sometimes they say like, oh, you passed out. Oh, let's check your blood, um, blood sugar levels or like oh you're dizziness because you haven't eaten and they don't sometimes associate that with these heart conditions so what do you guys um i mean, I mean you, you know you said you're in dance and stuff what are you guys going to school uh for so i'm actually still going to school for dance i got okay. um, i feel just the way that the condition has expressed to myself i have a defibrillator now which allows me to keep dancing and like pursuing those dreams so that's okay. very nice. And um, I'm going to school to study film. Um, yeah, because I, I love performing arts, but I took more of the route because when I got diagnosed in that, like that appointment, they told me I had to stop everything I was doing because the thickness of my wall was so severe that they're like, we don't want you like exerting yourself at all. And they told right. me they're like, the sports you can play are like shuffleboard and golf. And I picked up golf and I was like, I don't have the time commitment for it. <laughs> like, it's really yeah. good. Like, so, um, but it was like, it ended up being exactly, I loved film, I loved television, I love that part, I love acting. So, so um, more I, as a precautionary, just, just yeah. follow, follow a career path that's safer for your health. Right. I mean, the stress, you know, but you know, I, I love it and it ended up being what I wanted to do anyway. So I would have ended up down this path, I think, even without a heart condition. So That's... I'm glad that I can do something that I love and not feel like, oh, it's only because I have a heart condition. Right. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, you look at things in your life. I mean, um, I'm 44 years old. I'm an old man. So, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life. I, I've wore a lot of hats. I've been fire, fire ranger, fire and safety. I've worked construction for 27 years. I own a business now doing construction. I do the podcast. Uh, I got my degree in computer electronic engineering. Uh, I've done a lot. I mean, my, my resume is so high. It's like, I don't even know what to list on it sometimes. Um, so it's just one of those things, like I've done so many things in my life, but you got to find something you're passionate at. Like you said, I mean, you could, you, they told you you couldn't do it and you know, you've got something you need to for your health, take care of yourself. So you find something you're passionate at. Um, I, I found later now that I'm, you know, getting older, I, I'm tired of construction. I'm tired of physically going out and working on the, uh, with guys that are 20 something years old out working me now. And I'm like, I'm just too tired to do it. So I'm like, I'll let them do the hard work and I'll start phasing into something where I, what I, where I can use my engineer's degree. I can actually you know, utilize my, my gift of gab. I like to talk. I like to meet people. So that's kind of why I started the show to do that. Um, but, but that's what you got to do. You got to find your passion, you know, um, and, and I have hobbies I do. I mean, there's, there's tons of things I like to do just as hobbies. And that's kind of what I've learned with my heart, with, with my valves and stuff. I've, I, there's things I can't do. Um, my doctor told me, you know, even though I'm cleared and I'm good, he's like, he gives me this little bottle of nitroglycerin and he goes, you have to carry that with you. So when I, and what, with my, my, my condition, what I was getting was, I literally, it felt like a heart attack and I would literally seize up. I'd literally get, get what, what they call like a, che, a, a chest clutch, a clutcher. And, and I'd literally feel like I was having a heart attack. Um, and what it was is my heart valves would literally stop. So it would just literally have a moment where it would just stop beating. And that was the pain I was feeling uh, that made it feel like a heart attack. Um, and it would stop for anywhere from 10 seconds to a minute. So literally for a minute, I, and sometimes it would drop me to my knees. And so he gave me this, uh, this little nitroglycerin bottle with these little pills and you drop them on your tongue. When that happens, he's like, take that. 
and and it'll it'll start stimulating the, the heart to go you know so he gave me that to carry and and I don't carry it. My wife probably, she yells at me a lot, like, where's your stuff at, you know? And I still, you know, luckily I've changed my diet. I've changed a lot of things health-wise. Um, I don't get that feeling as much anymore. I do get the feeling and I know when the valves are skipping or offbeat. Um, so I get kind of a little flutter, but I don't get the, the clutching anymore like I used to get. And I think a lot of that I, I kind of ascertained to better exercise, better diet, me taking care of myself better now. Um, and I think that kind of helped a lot. Um, so what is, since this has all gone on, what have you guys done um, with, with the program that you're doing to advocate for it? So we decided to become a nonprofit. So we just became one actually last month, like filling out the whole paperwork to become official. And the huge thing that we started off with was in January was building that patient to patient support because we feel extremely blessed that we had each other and like our mom and our aunt to go through this condition together. But there's so many people out there living with these heart conditions that they don't have anybody else to like lean on for support. And they're like, people just don't fully understand. So after I got my defibrillator implanted like two, it's almost been two and a half years ago, I was like, I want to start an Instagram page some way, some way for all these people to like come together and to meet. And we just like weren't finding any. And then I kept telling Hannah, and we're like, let's do it. Let's start it. And then it was kind of like, does anybody really care though? Does anybody need like to hear our story? And right before we were about to launch the Instagram in December, I got a message on my personal Instagram page from a young girl who's about our age. And she's like, hey, I just got diagnosed with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. They want me to get a defibrillator. I'm freaking out. I don't know how I'm going to look with this device because um, it's pretty big, like my defibrillator. Like right. you can see it sticking out of me. You have like a couple scars. Mm -hmm. and and especially for like young girls and yeah, it's absolutely scary i'm sure it's yeah super scary and you don't like you have to like us too like we're not even supposed to wear like wired bras so like and they don't tell you all of that sometimes right. and you have to completely change some things about your whole your lifestyle and, and everything you do have it changes right exactly so i started talking to this girl and i was just like oh my gosh i do need to start this we do need to like go on and like create this page and so we, she and I ended up talking to her so much and she ended up getting the surgery and the defibrillator and it was just like amazing. So we started in January and the people we've met and the like connections and the support and just hearing like, thank you so much for this page because I've never found anybody like this. I'm always searching and like, there was a guy in Scotland. He's like, I've never met anybody else with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. This is so cool to connect. So it's just been the whole reason we started was to for sure build that patient to patient to support, but also to bring awareness to heart conditions and that these are conditions that are preventable because every three days, a young person under the age of 25 drops dead of sudden cardiac arrest and it's, it's too scary and we can prevent these. And so that's the whole thing is to build the patient to patient support, but as well as bringing awareness to these heart conditions. So through that, you're building relationships with other patients um, and people diagnosed. You're building uh, a community, uh, per se, uh, that wasn't there, um, which is great for not just you guys. I mean, um, you know, I, 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 I just uh, I went live yesterday on my personal page, which I don't normally do. And I speak a lot about um, and I, I, I always encourage this. I try to encourage a positive message and helping others. And, and, and in general, uh, you know, kind of a blanket statement. I, I, when I say helping others, I mean, like, 
something as simple as holding a door for someone in public, something as, as simple as giving a smile, something, a gesture of giving a compliment to somebody. It doesn't have to be flirtatious. It's just giving somebody a compliment um, on their outfit, their car, whatever it may be. You, you don't know where a person is in life and where their mind state may be. And just by giving a simple gesture, holding a door, giving a compliment, sm a smile, pay for the, you're in the drive-through, pay for the meal for the car behind you and drive off. It doesn't have to be something of recognition, but um, I've always looked at helping others and, and what you're doing with that, you're creating a community where you're able to help. Um, it doesn't just help you because when I help others, it helps me and that's why I do it. It, it makes me, it doesn't just make me feel good, but it, it lets me know that I'm not just being selfish throughout my life. I'm not leaving a legacy of, of just everything I did in my life was for me. Um, and that's why I enjoy helping people and lifting them up. And I do a lot of uh, local business promotion and stuff like that, just to help local businesses. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't charge for my time. I just do it, you know, and, and with what you're doing, you're helping build a community for patients, um, which, which in general helps you because you're patients. Um, but at the same time, there may be a lot of women out there or men that suffer from it that have no idea, like you said, and now you have a community where maybe that maybe they're sitting around and they're lonely or they're just like, man, I have this problem and, and nobody knows anything about it. Maybe they're depressed and now they have a place to go. Exactly. We actually had our first like virtual meetup on nice. um, September 29th. So it was Tuesday because it was like World Heart Day. We're like, let's do a virtual meetup. We got people from England, from around the United States. It was super cool. We have never met each other. And it was amazing because one of the guys had posted about it. And he was like, we have never met each other. But there was no like awkward like um, silences. silences or anything in the conversation. It was just like a group of people who truly like cared and understood for each other. Right. Like, we best friends you know what I mean yeah. we just sat down and talked and understood and like I think we talked for like over two hours <laughs> on zoom talking and it was awesome. so cool it was it was an amazing experience exactly it helped us we were learning so much they were learning so much an amazing experience yeah I have to completely agree with you I think like the being kind to others is like you can do it in any way you want you know like mm -hmm smiling at someone giving compliments you don't know how much it changes their day yeah and so I think that it's been really because after I got diagnosed um I like I've I've liked doing like volunteering doing grassroots activism like politics and stuff like that and so I like turned to that and I started like researching about legislation and about bills being mm -hmm. passed here going and sharing my story with people but I almost felt because I was in my own community I felt like an echo chamber right I was like talking but I wasn't finding anybody I could relate to yeah and a lot of people too what we found and why we wanted to make this page is the girl who um found Bethany's post she's like when I go and look up like Facebook groups I find like a bunch of old people and like mm -hmm. people like get that stigma that heart conditions aren't only something that affects right. you know old people but it's something that affects young people you know and like actually cardiomyopathies take more lives than childhood cancers do and, that's but, crazy see i never knew that I, yeah. that's insane you don't know that because again it's also the thing of like we look healthy again the thing is right. that you don't know a lot of that someone's going through you don't know like hey when you're saying take the stairs because it's a healthy option i'm like I'm going to be winded when I take these stairs, but you don't yeah. know because I look like a normal. Yeah. Regular. You two look totally healthy, like normal college students, like totally. Uh, well, because we'll like go to like universal studios and we'll have like a medical pass or whatever. Cause we can't do stairs. And then we'll mm -hmm. hear you 
people in the line be like, um, like they look healthy. Like, what are they saying? Like, right. Like you're, like you're cheating the system or something. Yeah. Like, you're like I'm really not like, yeah, yeah. I've messed out in these lines before. So like, it's not like I'm making anything up. Right. Know? And, 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 you know, it's funny because, um, you know, for a while when, when I was going through my heart issues, they issued me a temporary pass. I, I grew up, by the way, I, I Florida's my home. So I, 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 I lived in Tampa. I worked in Miami for many years. My dad, my dad was actually, he passed away. He was down in Boca, uh, down in that area. But um, I grew up basically in Tampa, Orlando. I, I ran every street in Florida uh, growing up. I was, I was a little hoodlum and ran all those streets and caused all kinds of problems. Um, but I love Florida. Florida is even now I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but Florida is my home. It always will be. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but they did, they gave me a temporary pass and, and I went through the same thing. I would go and I mean, I've always been, I used to be a lot skinnier than I am now, but I, I literally I'd go in these lines and stuff and I, you know, there people are looking at you and just kind of judging you. And it's kind of like, I understand. I get it. Like you see somebody and you're like standing in line at two hours in Disney and, and you, I get it. You're waiting on a ride. And, and then you got somebody who just walks right past you, you know, and they're half your age and you're like, seriously, but you know, you can look at, you know, there's so many people in the world we pass daily. You can look them right in the eye. You can look them up and down and they don't, they don't show a sign of anything, but that person could have a medical condition. They could have a colostomy bag. They could have a, have had a kidney transplant um, let alone they could just be suffering from something mental, you know, that, that a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of mental disabilities, um, that people have as far as depression, even, you know, and psychological issues. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I can totally relate to the fact, like being in line and being judged, like I'm walking past everyone and going, sorry guys, you know, I do have a condition, you know, and people are just like looking at you like, yeah, right. You're just, you're whatever. <laughs> Somebody gave you a pass, you know? Yeah. That's so true. What do you guys um, now do? Do you, what do you guys have to deal with like on a daily basis as far as school? I mean, does how does that change? I, I like that you're getting involved in legislation and stuff, and I think for both of you, for the group and the community, that's that's an awesome thing. Um, when you have something like this, like you said, that's not really well known, and you guys are now creating, you're you're basically starting the foundation of something for patients uh, that are dealing with heart issues. Um, what do you have to deal with in daily life? And what is some of that that you would tie into like legislation maybe that you'd like to see change? Great question. So we both take medication um, because mine is more severe than Bethany's. I do take more medication. At one point I was taking like 12 pills. Um, I was living in Utah actually to serve a full-time mission for my church. Um, awesome. and I don't know if it was the elevation or what, but there was like, I had to be on all these medications and I was like a 20 something year old, you don't want to be taking like a bunch of pills. Cause you're right. like, I'm old. why am I taking yeah. all these pills? <laughs> um, but I think we like on our, um, page, we talk about like blue days, red days, you know, like your good days, your bad days. And I think like we try to live as like most normal as we can, you know, yeah. like you have to, yeah, you have to. Right. And I think some days you wake up and you're just not feeling as good, you know, mm -hmm. and like that kind of does affect your day because it's not like, hey, I'm not feeling well. You're like, OK, my heart is off. And, you know, it's like a vital organ for your body. Yeah. So it affects a lot of things that affect like, you know, your mental state, your physical state, your emotional state. Like, hey, I'm feeling like tight chest pains right now. You know, I'm, you know, I need to take a break. I need to relax. But every day it's it's pretty normal everyday life just without like of course we take medication and mm -hmm. we um we do it we try to you know enjoy that's our whole thing as well as like being grateful for what we have that yeah. we're not looking at it like 
a burden, but that we're embracing it. Because um, we found a lot when we embrace what we have. I, I realized too, when I would be like, you know, share about my condition, a lot of other people would come up to me and tell me about something else that they had, whether it was not like a, you know, a heart condition, but maybe they had something else that they would feel confident because they're like, oh, wow, like you have something I know that I can share with you because a lot of people do get self-conscious about, you know, yeah, yeah. oh, I don't want to tell people. And it's hard because I think being young adults, you know, people are like, hey, let's go, you know, running or let's go do this or things like that, mm-hmm. which like, I'm like, Ooh, okay, do I want to go running with you and go hiking with you? Right. And know that I'll probably be done for the rest of the day and like, ooh, mm-hmm. and exert myself. Like, it's not like, going to be something like super enjoyable because I might be like <sighs> catching yeah. my breath or yeah. something like that. So I think that's sometimes been hard because again, you're like, oh, I don't want to be the person who's like, actually, I can't do that. You know, like the party pooper be like, oh, I really want to. And so trying to find that balance of, you know, embracing it and not feeling you know super down when sometimes you maybe can't go out with your friends or do something like that or find something that you all could enjoy that you know not going to risk your life at doing right cause you to have some like heart arrhythmias or regular heartbeats Mm -hmm. you know for it but enjoying life to the fullest that you can and and it's important that you have to i mean you're young you you've got to enjoy life uh you you know and i know obviously you're young you want to enjoy life you want to go out there you want to be able to go out there and run with them and hang out with with the people that are just doing things you want to get involved in but you know um i know from my experience it was just one of those things i knew i was limited on a lot of things like i exercise with one of them he's like don't get your heart rate too high um the other thing is just being susceptible to uh infections being susceptible to my immune system being lower i I was i was diagnosed with like uh, epstein-barr syndrome when i was younger so i already have a compromised and chronic fatigue and all that i already have kind of a compromised immune system to begin with and he was like you can't catch anything you know when you get a flu or a cold you're not the average person that you know you just go stay home from school if you get an infection it gets into your valves it can deteriorate the valves best causing them to break off and so there's just so many things you do have to transition and change. Um, what is uh, what is something like like where, we, where what's the next step for you guys as far as like with this group growing, and and hopefully bringing education and resources to other patients. Obviously, um, what would be the next step? Like if you could take this to say a state level, or say you could take this to like you said legislating even. Um, what kind of, what kind of maybe, I guess, awareness or proclamations could you maybe bring to the, to the awareness of the state even on a state level? So our big thing is making like heart screenings mandatory in children checkups. Um, we, it's like, it's crazy to us because like the heart is such like a vital organ. And it's almost the vital organ next to yeah, the brain. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it really is because if the blood's not flowing, there's nothing else working. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so we've actually been doing a lot of research because we want to put out like um, some PSA, like public service announcement. And our big thing that's crazy to us is that we have in, we've made vision screenings mandatory for children. We made hearing screenings mandatory for children. We made cholesterol screenings mandatory for children. Where are the heart screenings? Why are they not mandatory? It's crazy. And if every three days, somebody under the age of 25 is dropping dead because of something that could have been preventable by a simple heart screening. Why are we not doing it? Mm-hmm. And that's our big push is that we're trying to build a research. Like for example, Italy is very big on um, making heart screenings mandatory 
for athletes and such, and they've worked it out that they make everyone, I think it's like every year in their physical, um, get these heart screenings. And we at the United States, we haven't adopted it yet. And we just think like, why not? And then people are saying like, oh, the false positives, but it's a 15 minute EKG. And right. then maybe it's one more echocardiogram after, but that's saving your life. Yeah. You know, so it's like, why are we not doing it? So that's our big push is like, the heart is keeping us alive. We got yeah. the vision, we got yeah. the hearing, we got the cholesterol, we need the heart screening. So it's just doing a lot of research to kind of back up what we're here to say. And, yeah. and I think especially on an early stage, like you said, to get those screenings and have something like that put into legislation or put it into working with medical programs or heart institutes to try to put that for early detection. Now, real quick, uh, I, I know you got something to say there, Hannah. Um, real quick, is there, um, it, it, now, as far as like, where, where, where am I going with this? As far as starting early, is there a certain stage that's best? Or, I mean, can you basically give an infant a heart check to, to see an irregularity or does it take till you develop into a, 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 an older stage? So that's another part of the research we're doing. So actually a couple, like most of the United States has adopted that all newborns have to get a heart screening. Okay, which makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Within like 24 hours of being born. Some, um, and but our condition, we probably, like, I had a hole in my heart when I was younger, but they took me and did the whole screening, but nobody saw the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy right. in my heart. I didn't get diagnosed till I was 17. So that's the other part of the research that we're doing is, like, is there an age that it really stands out, like, that you can really see it? And we just think, like, at least right now we're kind of seeing, like, maybe, like, around five years old. Right, or maybe several tests, maybe, maybe at, from, a, from an infant stage to five, and then from five developmental to eight, maybe ten. Exactly. Maybe that's how it should be. For sure, and then even with Hannah, like, um, both of our heart walls have gotten thicker over our lives, and Hannah went through, like, a, goat, a growth spurt, and it went even thicker. Right. That's, like, sometimes they maybe have, like, they didn't see it when you were younger, but yeah. then keep checking so the huge thing is is like maybe if we can make some type of guideline or some mandatory that you have to have so many by a certain age or such but it's like all the research we're doing we're like just have one every year <laughs> yeah well I mean and that makes sense you know because um, things change we know biologically things change you know I mean uh, like you said you can have a hole in your heart or or you, as you're developing from teens uh, up to being an adult, your, your heart's a muscle. It grows just like the rest of your body and your muscles. So yeah, why not have a screening every year? Um, but, but I know those, you know, some places that's not affordable. Some people that don't have insurance or whatever, um, I guess part of advocating would be trying to make it affordable, trying to make it available to everybody and maybe even just make it available to everybody on a one year basis, or maybe every two years, everybody gets a mandatory if they want to, mm -hmm. um, yeah. that would be great. And we, we're blessed that we have actually a children's hospital down here that does free screening. So like if anybody's listening in like the Miami area, Nicholas Children's, if you don't know, does free heart screenings. Nice. And because the people I actually spoke with, like the doctors, like to our school board about the importance of having heart screenings. And again, what's like with us is that we are the success story from a heart screening because um, the people I was speaking to were parents who had lost their children because they didn't have a heart screening and so it's just a good reminder like that's why like our, our whole hearts in it our whole right. like, heart is in this passion is because 
like my life is saved. I, I know the date I would have died if I didn't have a defibrillator implanted to shock me back to life. And so mm -hmm. when people tell me about the false positives or like, what if my kid can't play sports anymore? I'm like, hey, I've been there, but your life isn't over. And like, would, right. your life, would you want your life to actually be over? Or do you would just have to change a few plans and like- Yeah, how, how important is the sports as opposed to being right. able to live and actually do anything? Yeah. Exactly. And there's like so many incredible organizations that are trying to make those EKGs like a, like not like affordable, but also like- um, Like wholesome. Like, like wholesome, yeah, host exactly. it, They could come maybe- Right, to, kind of like when they do a blood drive, but do, exactly. do a heart screening drives. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's incredible too, but we're like, and that's amazing. And they're saving lives that way too. We just like heard of, um, um, there's a organization called Who We Play For and the kid had to get like a heart screening, like part of a physical to join like an athletic club. And then they detected um, a heart condition on his EKG and the family was able to get it because Who We Play For does free EKGs, which is like nice. amazing. But that kid only probably found out about it because he had to get that physical for mm -hmm. school. What about if that wasn't mandatory? So that's why we're like, we need to push mandatory screenings yes. and children checkups. I would yeah, agree. I would agree. The earlier that, that you can detect, the better. Yeah. yeah. And even because there is with like the Florida High School Sports Association, they do like, okay, have a, like most athletic people, you do a heart screening. Mm -hmm. But what about kids who aren't being athletic, you know? Like I actually... Like, it was crazy how I had, like, stopped dancing right before I was diagnosed just because I was like, hey, I'm going to, I don't want to dance anymore. I'm going to do something else. And that was, like, almost a great preparation because right. if I was staying that active, it would have been even more heartbreaking knowing the news, like, hey, you were going to do it. And my doctor was like, I mean, I could probably pay poker with my doctor because she was like, I had a good face right <laughs> how active you were. Um, you didn't drop dead. I'm right. I'm grateful i'm glad i didn't show that in my face that i was like oh okay you were playing like on two basketball teams and two dance teams okay and you yeah and you're still alive okay we're grateful for that so it just shows you like hey like sometimes that person could have something and but they're not playing sports they're not active and and they wouldn't know either because again it's mm -hmm. asymptomatic you don't unless the symptoms show more when you have something severe like oh i passed out was that heart related or right. they had a bad tightness and pain but we went our whole lives really going and doing it and you think like oh i exercise my heartbeat is fast like that should be normal because you assume okay it's elevated but then you're like but how fast is bad you know because yeah like, what what's the what's like, the highest right hey, maybe it was kind of fast but we didn't know because like everybody else around you was like oh it's 90 and you're like Oh, I guess mine is 92 because I think I lost count because it's beating, but no one's telling yeah. you, oh, hey, yeah, you should have a heart screening, <laughs> I would tell you. <laughs> right before, like, being diagnosed and the importance of, like, checking your pulse or whatever, yeah. and I remember, like, being in a PE class for school, and she's like, okay, check your pulse, and then I remember, like, counting, and it was, like, 100 and, like, 80 I want to say or something and then everybody was like 90 and I was like oh I think I counted wrong right. okay, yeah, like, <laughs> like you don't realize like, yeah like my heart's <laughs> jumping out of my chest guys you know yeah, um, that's why it's weird you're like oh I guess it's just normal and I think as well as like a child like growing up with it like you get normal to it it's again like sometimes you're like I'm not taking my pills I get so you know I'm like eh, I'm lazy but you're like hey I should be because you get so used to it because you've lived so long with right. it. And that's the opposite of like, 
okay, if you don't get your heart screen, sometimes you're just like, oh, that's how my heart is, you know? And yeah. my mom told our pediatrician, like, hey, my, we just found out my sister has it. Um, like I've had some fainting episodes. None of them were heart related. Thank goodness it was all dehydration, but they're like, Hey, we have family history, which is the number one cause for people to get heart screens. It's like, Oh, your family has it. We need to check the other people. The mm -hmm. is, he was like, I don't think you guys have it, but again, he's not a specialist. Cause then I go, right. listen, you're like, you got it. And, and, and that's a that's a huge difference is because uh, I know when I was originally going to my primary, you know, I was just like, you know, he's oh, well, you may, you know, I kept telling him I'm having these pains. Sometimes it drops me to my knees. I'm at work and I'm literally collapsing on the ground, holding my chest and they're calling an ambulance and the ambulance picks me up. And by the time the ambulance gets there, it passes. And they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, you know, a fluke thing. Maybe you had a heat stroke. And my doc, my primary doctor's just telling me like, oh, you know, yeah, it's probably just a heat stroke. You know, you do construction, you're just working too hard. And I'm going now, you know, I've worked hard my whole life and I've never had a problem where I fell to my knees. And this was like, this was when I was about 28, you know, and I'm like, there's nothing normal about me collapsing on the ground. And, and I know, I know when I work really hard in the sun and I work really hard on a construction site, I know when it's time to take a break from a heat stroke. And I know the signs of a heat stroke. I said, this isn't a heat stroke. You know, uh, when, when I by default grab my chest and fall on my knees, uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with a heat stroke. And, uh, you know, they, they were like, well, you know, and then it, it took me probably three or four visits of, of this incident happening before my primary took it serious enough to send me to my card, cardiologist to get a workup with a specialist. And that was the scariest part. And then, you know, I had so many other diagnoses from the Epstein-Barr, chronic fatigue, all these different things in my life that, you know, uh, the, the, my primary at the time was kind of like, well, you know, are you, are you kind of are you really have these things or are we just kind of making things up as we go? And, and I was like, nah, you know, I, I, even if I was a, a child making something up or even at that age, a, an adult making things up, it would still be your job to kind of check exactly. or refer me to somebody to check. It should be serious enough that you look into it to at least rule it out. And so when he finally did, I was kind of like, I was first, I was surprised. And second, when the cardiologist actually found that the aortic was going bad. I was, you know, I thought maybe it was just my, my mitral valve, which I already knew was a problem. And he said, no, this is your aortic and this is bad. This is the one when it goes, you're dead. And I'm like, wow. Um, okay. So it was kind of like, you know, life-changing moment at that, at that time. But, but it was kind of interesting that it, it was so difficult just to get to that point, just to get to the specialist, to even be able to be seen and, you know, it wasn't about, I had insurance. I wasn't worried about money. I wasn't worried about insurance. I wasn't scared. You know, I wasn't worried about paying out of pocket for whatever it took. I just wanted the problem to go away. I didn't want to fall on the ground and clutch my chest. I didn't want to have the pain. And um, so when I finally did, I, I found a great, you know, the cardiologist I first went to was just a great guy. He was in Clearwater, Florida, and uh, just a really good doctor. And he, he took a look at it. He did the stress tests, you know, where you get on the treadmill and he makes you just run and I've never been, I used to run, you know, this was probably when I was mid twenties, I, I would do, I would do half marathons and I'd run about 12 miles a day. Uh, almost every day of the week, I did it for a while. I just got into this thing and I boxed for many years. So I had to run then, but I, I always hated running. And so he's like, yeah, we're going to do a stress test. He puts me on a treadmill and gets me running. I'm like, this is horrible. It's this awful. is the worst. Yeah, this is horrible. Uh, why do you have me on a treadmill if I have a heart condition? You know, I'm trying to get out of it. I'm trying to tell him like, I need to get off this treadmill. But, you know, he did it and he did, he, he did uh, for several weeks straight, we did stress tests. Every time um, 
certain times a day, he'd bring me in. He actually took the time, like most, most patients would go and they'd do a stress test. He'd sign off on it, done deal. Uh, with me, he knew there was a bigger issue. So he'd have me come in at certain times and he'd, he'd call me random and say, hey, I need you to come into the office or where are you at? And I'd swing in and he'd throw me on that treadmill, make me run. And I'm like, he goes, well, this is how we're going to find it because yours is so uh, intermittent that he goes, the only way I'm going to really see something is if we catch it. And so that's kind of what we ended up having to do. And, and that's when he really was able to see it. And then we got more imaging and he was actually able to see where the, the valve itself was deteriorating. Um, so it's just scary that, that, you know, again, to be, you have to work so hard just to get uh, to, to see a doctor. And, li and like you said, Hannah, if, if you're overlooked, it, you know, if, if a doctor or you're at a young age or you have a family, maybe you don't have health insurance or something your family can't afford, uh, by any chance, if you're missed or overlooked, um, I remember hearing the stories. There was a gentleman that died on a basketball court, a young teen. I remember hearing the story of a guy that running track and field, running a track that passed out. And I believe it was probably a similar situation. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. And I just like admire that you kept pushing though, to like make sure that you got it checked out and you were seeing the doctors and making sure you're here like heard because I think so many times we get like oh yeah then it is nothing like it's nothing serious, you know yeah. and then you push it off but if you really feel like something's wrong then you keep going to that doctor yeah. and feel like or, or get a new doctor is where yeah, I was, that's kind of where I was at I was like maybe my yeah. doctor sucks maybe I have the yeah. worst doctor on the planet is what I was thinking yeah. luckily we live in America where you can choose different yes. doctors and like you should have a good relationship with your doctor like they you should feel understood and heard and you know yep. like they should seem like a friend where you can be like honest with them you know like hey like I've been sucking and taking my pills or hey like I had the sharp pain and they're taking you serious because yep. Like, I think we learned as well, like, you have to sometimes be your own advocate. And that's, Correct. And your doctor should advocate for yeah. you. But yes, you have to be your own yeah. advocate. Yeah. And you know your body the best. Like, like your doctor, like, because I think it's hard because they're a medical professional. They went to school. So, of course, you're like, oh, you know more than me. But with your own body, like, you know, like, yeah, hey, I know exactly how that pain feels. Yep. And like, you tell your doctor and then they should help and, like, understand it and stuff. But, like, Sometimes doctors don't know everything. Even with our condition, we learn stuff every time we go because they're doing more research and more studies on it because things are changing. It's presented mm -hmm. different in people. You know, what medication will help the heart more? Maybe we need more ones that relax instead of lowering the pressure. And yeah. so they're constantly learning. And so I think you also have to be patient with that. You know, like, hey, like what I was told here was good, but now because research is different or maybe my stage is different. You have to look at it from another angle. Yeah. yeah. Like just listen to your doctor, but also know like, hey, like if your doctor's not listening to you, like please leave. And we've heard a lot of stories through like my um, heart church community where people were like, yeah, I went to the doctor. I got misdiagnosed or, yes. you know, like they weren't taking me serious. And then luckily like they were able to detect it in enough time because- like, you know, like they're, you know what I mean? Like in that time, if you didn't get checked, like if I would have continued playing sports, yeah, I could easily you have collapsed yeah. because I didn't get checked or do mm -hmm. it. So like, that's how, yeah. you know, someone big is watching you upstairs, making sure, For that, sure. You know, like, Hey, I'm ignorant right now. I don't know what's yep. going on, but you know, he's making sure that you're safe because 
because he knows you have no idea what's going on. You, right you now. make a very good point when you say, you know, I, I've always been very in tune with my body. I'm, I'm so in tune with my body. I can tell you when I take a certain vitamin, even multivitamins, like I can tell you how I feel and how that affects me, whether it be digestion or whatever it may be. I, I'm so in tune with my body and I have been for years. I've always been able to really tell when something's wrong. I can tell you when I'm getting sick. I can tell you like there's just certain things I know my body does and I, I, I'm dead on in tune with it. Um, and, and, and like you said about misdiagnosis, a doctor, uh, a doctor is just a doctor. And, and, and as we know, medicine changes, like you said, um, a doctor today that read, read a, a health journal and, and, and their specialty uh, over the past 10 years has been the static thing for that specialty. Uh, you can go to a new doctor who studied new, new stuff and new techniques and new perspectives into medicine uh, or different scientific research. And that doctor is going to have a whole different look at it. And, and if you have a good doctor that's advocating for your health, um, they're going to stay up to obviously up to par on this stuff. Um, but, you know, it, medicine does change just like science. You know, we, we find all the time that science says one thing and, and then a year later they're like, oh, whoops, we were wrong. So this is what, what went on. Um, misdiagnosing is probably the, one of the scariest things I would think, um, because like you said, had you guys not been misdiagnosed properly, where would you be now? Um, you know, that's the scariest part. Um, I'm a Christian, you know, I believe in God and I know in my life, it's, it's 100% God made the changes in my life and my, and helped me make the changes. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't be here at all if it wasn't for God's presence in my life and me having faith that I could make it through these challenges. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I even remember like leading up because as I had said before, I had started, I was like, okay, I'm going to dance with Miami City Ballet pre-professional. I'm leaving high school. I'm going to do my dream like full time, six days a week. And Hannah just got diagnosed. I just started this new program. And I'm literally like, I remember being like on my knees, like every day leading up to that appointment being like, please, I don't want to have HCM, like, please, please, please. And I kept getting this feeling like, you're going to have it, but everything's going to be okay. And yeah. like, right there, that was just like setting me up for like, what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm extremely grateful for having this condition, like still getting to be out there and do what I love and like help other people. It's amazing and stuff. But like right there talking to God was like mm -hmm. life changing. Like he's listening to me, he's watching over for me, but he has a plan and like everything's in place. There's a lot of people, I think, um, you know, and obviously being a Christian and having faith in God, I mean, other people have their own beliefs, but um, it's very telling. Um, it, it's really telling, at least in my experience, uh, my relationship with God, the things he's done in my life. But but had I not had, it's interesting, I guess, that, that had I not had God in my life, um, what would my perspective have been? And you, you hear, you know, obviously you can hear all the horror stories about, you know, uh, some guy got diagnosed with something and, and he killed himself or some guy got diagnosed with something and he went off the bender and went drinking or, um, you know, for me, it was, I think it, it, and I wasn't at that time, very, my spiritual, I was kind of broken spiritually at the time that all this was going on. So it, it, it I guess what it did is God, it got kind of brought me closer to God or it kind of opened that door where God was like, Hey, if this is what it takes for me to get your attention, this is what it's going to be. And, and this is how you're going to live. And this is that, you know, you're going to have to make these changes if you want to survive. And, and what, and most importantly, I think what I got out of it now being, being stronger in faith, being stronger spiritually, I, I find that what it did is it, it reconfirmed with me that, that God's never left my side. It reconfirmed with me that God, you know, while as, as humans, we, we may be not perfect. It proved to me that God's creations are perfect. Like even with me having a defect 
um, or having a medical condition, uh, God created me exactly who I am and, and what I am. And, and it's, and it is perfect. And I think it took me a while to really get that perspective because, because really at, when I first got diagnosed thinking I was going to have open heart surgery, I potentially would never see my son. Uh, I could die on the operating table or I could make it two, three years uh, with valves and, and, or, or less or more. And, and so it really became a dark time in my life. And, and, and it really, I think, brought into perspective, like God doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, a, a condition, a health condition that we're born with genetically isn't a mistake God did. Uh, if anything, it, it's actually God bringing his work and, and use, you, being able to utilize you guys, being able to utilize me to express and, and like you're, you're already doing, you're forming a community. So God's using you guys to really bring together some, some knowledge and resources and education for this, this, this issue. I love that. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. Like God doesn't make any mistakes. And like you see like every day in your life, that like God loves you. Like mm -hmm. he's loving for you. Like he, you know, I think sometimes in your life, he has to, you have to get thrown down and brings you to your knees because when you're on your knees, you're looking up, you know, like when you're hit rock bottom, the only way is up. And that's yeah. when you realize like, hey, God, like I need to, I can't, I can't do this by myself. And I think, you know, being able to have that and that faith and knowing that, that you're, you're never alone, like even mm -hmm. through the hardest of times, like, um, we're actually coming up, so it's been almost five years. So like October 23rd, um, I, well, I went to the doctors in 2015, December, a checkup. Um, it had been six months since I got my defibrillator implanted. So it was just a checkup to see yeah. how everything had been. And so they run a scan of it and they go and then my doctor's like oh, okay so you were shocked um october 23rd at 3 30 yeah because the defibrillator logs all that stuff they can see all uh, that right yeah like, it'll beat if it goes off if it paces you and so you know doing my research because i'd also like do presentations to people to kind of explain like hey you know you might need a defibrillator i have one what does that look like mm -hmm. you know what does that mean um and then i was like oh like paste because i'm thinking like I haven't felt myself get shocked. Like I would know because people are like, it feels like a horse kicking you in the chest. So I'm like, right. I didn't feel that recently. So, uh, <laughs> he's like, and she's like, no, like legitimately shocked. And even my doctor, who I don't know what religion is, is like, thank yeah. God you got it because literally you would have been dead in your sleep because my heartbeat went from 50 beats, you know, resting with medication mm -hmm. to 256 for no- While sleeping. Reason. While that's, cr that's crazy and they're telling me i can't play sports and like that really threw me off because i was like i can't even sleep either because my heart is yeah. crazy stuff and i'm like am i safe anywhere or whatever and like right. that like really threw me because i'm here like a 17 year old kid thinking oh my gosh my parents would have found me dead in the morning mm -hmm. if i didn't have this defibrillator and then being like wow like and that's when i knew that like god and like jesus christ or savior like he truly is my savior and he saved my life like multiple mm -hmm. times spiritually but physically knowing that hey luckily my aunt found out and then i found yeah. out and though my life had to change and my dreams that i had you know i had to completely erase and do something else like i'm so grateful because i'm alive today and like so we like are now embracing as like they didn't die a day like how grateful for we are and like that gratitude you know is the best yes. attitude to have towards the conditions and knowing like god didn't make a mistake he knew exactly that we needed these conditions because it would make us the best person we could be you know it would grow us and like 
push us in ways we could never expect, but would, yeah. you know, help it, us be. It kind of brings you to a point where you're like, you know, some, some people go through their whole life and they're like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to be here for? It's almost as if God immediately had a plan for you guys and said, you know what? I, I made you, you're perfect. And here's my plan for you. Um, it, it's, it's going to be difficult, but we're going to get through it, but, but you're going to be able to advocate and I'm going to be able to use you to, for my purpose, to bring glory to me, but also for you guys to be able to bring awareness and education to people. Exactly. I like, I always say, I like, I feel like God gave us like these hard conditions, these trials. Cause like at the end of the day, I think he knew we could handle it. And like that we could be like the ones like do these incredible things like I don't think it was a mistake like it never never I don't think any of these things you know I I know in my heart as a Christian that, that there's there's just no mistake in God what God's doing and, and 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 that's in everything in creation everything that that God has created there's no mistakes it's all perfect it's meant to be perfect uh the only thing that makes it imperfect is is human nature and, and a bad heart you know and uh but, but everything that God's made, it, it's got a purpose. You know, the, the weirdest and ugliest creations you see that you kind of look at and like, what was God thinking then? Those are perfect. Those, those are the things that, that really bring out the best in what God created. Um, so it's just one of those things. I don't know. I think faith has always helped me get through a lot of stuff. And faith has, has really encouraged me to, to not give up, to not uh, walk away from things that were hard that made me actually work harder to force my way through them. I, and I've dealt with a lot of different struggles in my life and I've never backed down. I've never stopped and said, you know what, enough's enough, I give up. And I think, uh, I think this is, this. you guys are a prime example of that. I mean, you guys are really strong. You're, you're showing exactly what it's gonna take to get through this. And, and I'll, hopefully that continues to set an example for others. Thank you. Yes. So is there uh, real quick, I'm going to wrap up, but is there anything, do you guys have a website organization anywhere you want to go ahead and just let our audience know that we can get a hold of you guys yeah. and support? Yeah. So everybody, we have our Instagram is our big thing. It's at heart charged is the username. So heart charged. Yeah. If you type okay. that in, you can find us. Um, but that's our big, where we're kind of gathering people right now is Instagram right now. Okay. And it's been amazing. Um, and it's not just for heart patients. Like we have so many people that aren't heart patients on there. So everybody please join. It's just bringing that awareness because you never know who that could help or like you yeah. seeing it and then telling somebody about it could lead to something else. So it's just building that huge community for everybody. I feel like it's a huge place to gather for everyone, heart condition or not. Yeah, it, 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 somebody you could know or somebody they could know that, that just has has access to the group should be able to, you know, get get in touch or share somebody that might just recently get diagnosed around them. So, yeah, for sure. Exactly. And we're young and we're fun. So it's not like a boring account. There you go. Facts and statistics. We're fun. So we promise. We promise you you'll be entertained if you follow us. Yeah. Unlike old people like me, you know, so. You know, us old people, we're just, you know, whatever, but, but no, you guys really, uh, you're, you're a, a real encouragement and, and you guys need to keep up doing what you're doing. Um, what I'm going to do with, you know, obviously our audience is listening and they're going to hear this and what, what we're going to do is get this posted on all our platforms for, to give it, we're heard globally. So you guys, this message will be spread globally. And, and the other thing we'll do is, um, I'll get, I'll shoot you guys a copy once I get it all edited. Um, but I'll, I'll tag all the information for people to reach you and we'll circulate this several times across our, our platforms and our website. And that way you guys are getting a little more coverage, hopefully, um, and bringing more awareness, whatever we can do to support you guys, you let us know. 
in the future, call us, give us an update. Um, you know, you guys can come back on the show in a couple months, a year, whatever you want to do. If you want to come regularly and give us updates, uh, you have my contact info. You can call or contact us anytime and say, hey, we'd like to be on the show. We have a big announcement or something. Um, we'd love to have you on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We really appreciate this because that was the whole reason why we like did matchmaker.com is to, to like get out there because we're like, For honestly, sure anybody who will hear us speak we want to go like for sure and i do business promotion i mean i do all kinds of different things where um you know usually at most of my guest interviews that i end up doing uh we we promote them so i don't just take your interview post it on my thing and then ignore what what goes on with it what i end up doing is i i'll put it on our youtube i put it across all platforms that we do we're heard on apple Podcasts. we're heard on google Podcasts. we're on every podcast uh if you can find audio on a phone or on a device we're on it um, we're, we're on almost every website socially. I share this on my personal pages. I share this on our business pages. I share it within our local community. So you guys will get a lot of coverage. Just that that's just kind of what I do. All right. so you you guys have a great day. Go ahead. Oh, so I was going to say, cause like, we really appreciate this as well. Cause like this month is sudden cardiac arrest awareness month. So we have a lot okay. of, we have like even a video that I got caught in me getting shocked from my device. So we have like a lot of good content. So like we really appreciate it. It was like the perfect timing. So is that the video that's on the on the YouTube page? No. Or so no? this video is we're gonna release it on Instagram to kind of show like the unveiling of it. Okay. It's like me and my family and friends because it happened like a few years ago, but it's basically me lip syncing Celine Dion's all by myself. But mm -hmm while doing it so it's kind of interesting once but, you guys release that let me know and we'll tag that into all of the information as well so we can update our information and it'll also have that link for people to go check out and share all right thank you, so much. you guys have an awesome day and again uh, i'm praying for you prayers are always with you god's always looking out um and again reach out anytime if you have updates if something changes go ahead and reach out we'll, we'll do this again all right Bye. Thank so you much, so much. You guys have a great day. You too. Okay.